Hey everyone, welcome to Sandals Church. My name is Morgan, and whether you're a longtime watcher who calls Sandals Church your home, or if you're a first time viewer, we are so glad that you're here. These services are watched in all 50 states and over 100 countries. I love knowing that we're joining in together all over the globe. We would love it if you let us know in the chat where you're watching from so we can say hi and get the chance to meet you. Also, if this is your first time joining a Sandals Church service, our team would love to connect with you. You can go to sandalschurch.com next and click I'm new here. For now, let's get ready for some worship. This is the time where we focus our attention on God, give Him our praise, and remember all the good things He has done for us. Let's jump into that now. Hey church, and welcome. Thanks for joining us. You know, for some of you, life is great right now, so give thanks. Um, for some, life's a bit tough, and it feels like you're hanging on with everything you've got, but the rope is slipping through your hands, or, or the ice is getting a bit thin underneath your feet. Just know that if all you have is the strength to have just shown up today, that is absolutely okay, because God, I'm believing, is just gonna show up wherever you are. So join with us as we worship. And uh, let's lift the Lord up and sing together. Come on.
Singing together collectively like this is a powerful way to worship God. I love that heaven is going to sound just like that. All voices, all languages, everybody praising God. Hey, we know that many of you watching right now have kids, and we want you to know that we have a brand new full weekend service for kids that they can enjoy right now. Just go to kids.sandalschurch.tv so they can watch and learn how they can get real with themselves, God, and others. And as we're headed into the final stretch of our election series, Pastor Matt has another great message in store for us. So let's listen. Hey, hey. Welcome, welcome. Well, everybody relax if you go to Sandals Church. I am not in a suit this week. I know so many of you have been so disturbed over the last eight weeks. Look, in 22 years, I've worn a suit three times and in this series, eight times. But today we're gonna talk about how to keep from being fooled by politicians. So I'm not gonna play dress up today. It's just the same old Matt Brown that hopefully you've come to know and love. And I am not running for office despite many of your requests. So why would you ever do that to me? Why do you hate my family so much? So I'm glad you're here today. But you know, it's interesting, as they interview, specifically, I watched New Yorkers interviewed, and they asked them, what about the 73 million people in America that voted for Donald Trump? What do you say to them? And over and over, I heard these words again. They're ignorant, uneducated, been deceived, and wait for it, evil. And then they would go to like Kansas, uh, Kentucky, uh, parts of Texas. What do you feel about the 79 you know, plus million uh, votes for Joe Biden? And first they said, well, those are fake votes, right? So that's the first thing they said. But they said, no, no, what about the people that voted for them? They said, well, they're uneducated. They're ignorant. They've been deceived. Oh, and they're evil. Isn't that interesting? And one of the reasons I think that we tend to hate each other so much on the left and on the right is because we've listened to politicians tell us how evil the other side is. And so I wanna to talk to you about how to keep from being fooled by politicians. And you're like, not me. Oh, then it's you because you have been fooled. Like if you think you're so smart and you can figure it out, let me tell you something, you have nothing figured out. Jesus, remember him? Jesus, right? Jesus said in Matthew 24, four, don't let anyone 
mislead you. Now, when you look in that context, Jesus is actually talking about political activists. It's people that are coming like they're the Messiah. And one of the things that concerns me so deeply since Barack Obama arrived on the scene 12 years ago is we have these messianic expectations of our presidents. Okay, Barack Obama, an amazing individual, an incredible story, a giant leap forward in terms of, 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 of literally us never having an, a black person as president, but he was not the Messiah. Okay, great person, great dad, great husband, lousy Messiah. Same thing with Donald Trump. Donald Trump has done some amazing things, has awoken uh, people who've never voted in their lifetime. Great leader, terrible Messiah. And so we gotta be really, really careful that we're not deceived by either side. And I want you to know this, especially if you're a young person. So many of you, you know, what you believe is really molded by your professors, your friends. And we're going to talk about this in today's sermon. When I uncover for you how Americans say they pick a president, it will terrify you and maybe wish, you know, although we all lived in a monarchy, amen, where we don't even have a vote because it's really scary how people actually vote. But I remember in the 1990s, when I first became politically awake, I was a supporter of a president by the name of Bill Clinton. Now, some of you don't like Bill Clinton, but here's the truth is, he was a great president in many ways. And he did a lot of great things. And if you're a Republican, you need to know, he's the last president that oversaw literally America having more money that it brought in than it spent. So just sit on that for a second if you're a Republican. The last president to do that was a Democrat. It's just amazing. But Bill Clinton got into some trouble and he was accused of having some illicit affairs and, and, and partaking in some illicit behaviors in the overall, Oval Office. And so the president took to the national media, he looked every American citizen in the eye and he said, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. That's my best Bill Clinton that I can do, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, and you know what? Listen to me if you're a young person, you know what? I said I believed him. And some of you are like, well, you were a fool. Yes, and so are you right? Because oftentimes the more emphatic, the more emotional, the more tearful a politician is, it just means they're covering a big pile of lies. And what we found out is, in fact, President Clinton was lying to the American people, every single American person. And it's just heart-wrenching to us. And I don't want that to be you. So how to keep from being fooled by a politician? Number one, always trust God. Be careful when you trust a politician, especially when they come in the name of God. Be very, very careful. And that's what Jesus says. Woe unto you. Don't let anyone mislead you when they say they come in my name. Be careful. Be careful. I mean, believe the politicians that says, I'm evil, I'm a sinner, and I hate God. You're like, well, that guy's honest. That's the only one telling the truth. You know, always be leery when they open their Bibles, when they begin with a prayer. I mean, that's what really, really bothers me. And so one of the things you need to know about Joshua is Joshua is fooled. Joshua is deceived. And Joshua believes somebody based upon what they say, listen, based upon what they show and based upon what they do. Joshua is totally deceived. Now, do you think you're wiser than Joshua? Joshua is one of the few handpicked leaders in the Bible who literally is an incredible leader. He does almost nothing wrong. Keyword almost, but he's a human being and he makes mistakes. So Joshua conquers Jericho when he listens to God. They get their butts kicked when they can't, they can't conquer the trash dump known as I. And so then they repent. You know, Achan, it doesn't turn out too well for him and his family. But Israel repents and God forgives. And then they wipe literally the floor with the city of Ai. And they're marching and other people are hearing about all these amazing things that God is doing through the people of Israel. And so in Joshua chapter 9, 
It says, when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and I. And let me just say this again. People can care less what you post on Facebook. People can care less what you post on Twitter. You wanna know what changes lives when God does something amazing in your life. That's what happens. Okay, Joshua's not tweeting. He didn't post on Facebook. Oh, by the way, we whipped and slapped eye around. It literally happened. You see, when your life is changed by God, the news gets out. It gets out and people hear about it and people wanna know about it. But listen to this, the Gibeonites, on their part, they acted with cunning, with cunning. And they went and made ready provisions and they took worn out sacks for their donkeys and wine skins and worn out and torn and mended ones. They put patched sandals on their feet. They had worn out clothes and all their provisions were dry and crumbly. And they went to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal and they said to him, the men of Israel, we have come from a distant country, lie. So now make a covenant with us. And that's what politicians do. They make a statement and they want you to make a covenant. They want you to become a part of their team. And that's what's so tragic with our political system. We have very few politicians that are on our team that wanna act in our benefit. But I want you to never forget this. They acted with cunning. And we're gonna come back to that in a second because Jesus talks to believers about this. Luke 16, eight says this, and Jesus says this, and it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of the white. Here's what Jesus is saying. Sometimes you dumb. That's what Jesus is saying. Sometimes we're dumb. As Christians, we're just not as smart as the world. And you know why that is? We're like, well, God will take care of it. And so we act like idiots. And we wonder why we walk into judgment. You see, Christians believe God will always bail out your dumb decisions. Non-believers don't have God, so they gotta make the best decision they can. And they're constantly trying to figure out how to win on earth when as Christians, our, head, our heads are in the clouds. So the Gibeonites acted with cunning. And I want you to know that, that every politician that is speaking to you is acting with cunning. They're trying to figure out how to tell you what you wanna hear so that they can get the only thing that they want from you. And that is not to serve you, it's your vote. That's what they want. They want your vote. And that's why these politicians only come around your neighborhood, only come around your town during election cycles. They are not interested with you until they need your vote. I've seen it for years after years after years. It's why I don't participate with a lot of these knuckleheads because they don't care, okay? They don't care. They swoop in when there's a racist mess, when there's a political mess, when there's a scandal. And where are they the next week? Gone off to the next one. And we gotta be so careful when these liberators come to our town to fix our problems because they're not gonna be here to pick up the mess that they leave. And we gotta know that. And let me just say, many of you young Sandalites and young Americans, you're so critical of America. Let me ask you this. Why aren't you critical of politicians? Because if history teaches us anything, it's that we should never trust politicians. Who's the one that made the deals with American Indians? It wasn't me, it wasn't you. It was politicians that constantly, time and time again, lied to American Indians, took their land and moved them from one state to the next as it served their political interests. It was politicians, politicians. And so we lump all of America and most Americans were starving, dying at the age of 28. Half of their children were dead. You know, if you tried to go to California, you were married to another person when you got here and half your kids died. It's not those people's fault. 
It was the politicians who lied and lied and lied again. And yet our politicians today are so woke, right? They're so hip. They're like Joe Biden listening to Despacito, right? You're like, oh, this guy's with it. He can't even operate his phone. Oh, wait, hold on a second. You know, Joe, have you listened to the lyrics of that song? It's terrible. Okay, I don't care if they added Justin Bieber. It's still awful. Still awful. And so, so many of us, we're just, oh, no, no. I just, you know, right? So some half of you are just so certain our country's headed in the right direction. If it's Joe Biden, you're like, oh, thank God. We got rid of the tyrant. And the other half of you are like, oh my Lord, we hired a communist. What have we done? What have we done? Here's what Jesus says. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Too late, too late. Out of Xanax, amen? <laughs> Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You know what Jesus is doing here? He's telling the disciples he's leaving. That is fairly unsettling, amen? He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. He says, trust in God, but listen to this. And also trust in me. What makes God different from a politician? Many things. But the most important thing is found in Hebrews 6.18. It says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. We hear this all the time from presidents. I won't raise taxes, and then they do. I won't start any more wars, and then they do. I won't take away your benefits, and then they do, right? Politicians will say anything to get elected. Listen to me, God has always been elected. He is the one. He is the one, okay? He's not running for office. So here's the two things that we can trust. We can trust these two things because God is unchangeable and because it is impossible for God to lie. That's why you can trust his promise and you can trust his oath. God never lies. It's why Jesus says in John 14, six, I'm the way, listen to this, I'm the truth. He didn't say, I speak the truth. He said, I am the truth. I am the truth. And no one comes to God but by me. That's why Jesus says, you trust in God, now trust in me. And so many of you are unsettled, you're nervous, you're not certain where this election's gonna go, how it's gonna turn out. Listen to me, if your soul is in God's hands today, you're gonna be okay forever, forever. And we gotta trust God in this. And we gotta know that we're engaging in a political process. And we gotta know that Gibeonites are everywhere. They're everywhere and they're cunning. Jesus says they're smarter than us. I mean, we gotta just, we gotta trust Jesus, amen? He calls us sheep, that's not a good thing. Listen, Jesus says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. I mean, couldn't we have been a pit bull, amen, something? So we got a fighting chance. We got no chance. What's our defense? We're dumb. Well, what does he put on us? Armor? No, Velcro. Velcro. And there are wolves all around us. And oh, by the way, he says, you're not so smart. So the wolves are smarter, faster, and stronger. That's why we have to have more faith and we have to trust God. Trust in God, 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 give me wisdom. God, give me direction. And so many of you, you keep running to Fox News every night wondering why you're more anxious instead of running to your faith. Run to your faith. People keep asking me, how do you think it's gonna turn out? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Listen, we live in the age of the internet, which means truth is hard to find. It's hard to find. And we all get duped. We all get duped every single day. And we gotta be so careful. So how to keep being from being fooled by politicians? Number two, never forget this. Ask politicians the tough questions. 
I about lost my mind when Joe Biden was running for president and somebody asked him and his wife what flavor of ice cream they were eating. I was literally, how does this help me? I don't care if he's lactose intolerant. That's a problem between he and his wife, amen? I don't need to know what happens to his stomach in the evening. I wanna know what's gonna happen to my life. Now, I want you to know, some of you struggle with that. You need to know that most of your New Testament Bible, when you read 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, you read Romans, you read Galatians, you read Ephesians. I want you to know that these letters are in response to very tough questions by the people of God. What do we do if I'm single? What do we do if my spouse wants to divorce me? What happens if people say Jesus already returned? What happens if, does baptism matter? You know, does this matter? Can I eat here? Can I not eat there? These are very, very real questions. And I want you to know that the apostle Paul goes to great lengths, literally to answer them. Even Jesus, he says, whom do you say that I am? Well, some people say, I'm not, I don't care about some people. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the son of God, the Christ. Peter got the answer right, and then Jesus shames him. Well, you didn't even, God gave you that answer. <laughs> right, some people have cliff notes, some people have the Holy Spirit, amen? <laughs> Boom. Holy Spirit's like, he's God. <laughs> he's God, amen. First Corinthians 7, 1. Now regarding the questions you asked in your letter, that's in your Bible. Now, in regards to the questions you ask, we have this thing called the debrief. Some of you have never listened to it. You're like, I don't have any questions. Then you don't have any faith. You see, faith creates questions. And if you don't believe me, have a child and teach him to have faith. God, or Dad, where did God do this? How did God do that? I mean, I have been stumped by four-year-olds. I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> I have had harder questions given to me by a preschooler than a professor. Because one of the things that happens statistically as we grow older is we ask less and less questions. You know why? Because your parents were exasperated. Just shut up. Stop. Because what? I said so. Can you imagine if God was like you? We wouldn't have 10 commandments. It would just be one. Because I said so. Well, God gave us 10 and then he explains why. And then Jesus gives us an even bigger filter. Everything that should be filtered between two basic commandments, which is love God and love your neighbor, if you're confused between two commands. John 21, 16, Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Sometimes you have to ask a question more than once. You know why politicians give the answer they want? They don't, ask, they don't answer the question you had. Drives me crazy. Years ago, California was in a mess. Go figure. California was a disaster. We were recalling uh, our governor, Gray Davis, and two prominent Republicans were running for office to replace him. John McClintock, who was a congressman, and the Schwarzenegger, right? Because in California, we wanna be so fake, we're gonna elect an actor, amen? We've done it twice. So Governor Schwarzenegger and Governor McClintock were in this... Uh, meeting and, and I, for some reason, I got moved up to the front row and I was given a question. And my question to Governor McClintock, or excuse me, to Congressman McClintock was this. Listen to this question. I know that you have far more political experience than Governor Schwarzenegger. Explain to me how you will be a better leader than him. Here's Governor McClintock's answer. I'll never forget it. Well, I have 30 years of experience in state legislature. He didn't answer my question. So they moved on. I was like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. 
I actually said, please don't answer it with you have more experience. My question is, how are you gonna have more leadership than him? He's the Terminator, bro. He's a Terminator. There's metal underneath that skin. I saw the movie. How are you going to demonstrate more leadership. I don't wanna hear about your experience. We all know you've been a politician, you know, since Jesus was on earth. You know what he said? Next question. And I walked out of there and I didn't vote for him. Never vote for a candidate who's afraid of your question. Do you know they actually coach politicians to not answer questions? Do you know what Bill Clinton's biggest problem was? He loved questions. Loved questions. And sooner or later, when somebody talks long enough, they'll tick you off. And if you don't believe me, here is President Donald Trump. The dude answers everything <laughs> all the time. Okay, like if I was his campaign people, I'd just like jump off the cliff. I'm like, oh, we're done. We're done. He answers everything. And then he says it again, just in case you didn't get it. Fake news, right? Whoa, that's gonna be helpful to their article. We gotta be so careful that we ask politicians the tough questions. And here's the thing, if you're a Democrat, you ask Trump tough questions, but you don't ask Biden tough questions. You see, we save our tough questions for the person we're rooting against. When really, listen to me, we need to save our tough questions for the person we're rooting for. Joshua 9, seven through 10. But the men of Israel said to the Hivites, perhaps you live among us. How can we make a covenant with you? You see, Joshua is not sure. He's not sure. And they said to Joshua, we are your servants. Careful. They said exactly what he wanted to hear. I'm here to serve you. I will make your life better. I will give you free ice cream, birthday cards, and a back rub every, you know, uh, leap year. Amen, right? I mean, it's just like, what? Be so careful of the person who's promising what you want. They said to Joshua, we're your servants. And Joshua said to them, who are you? And where do you come from? Where do you come from? Like politicians are always from small towns, right? Small towns. And most of them are lying. Do you know politicians run on their military service and we find out 25 years later, they're not even in the military? It's crazy. People lie. They lie all the time. And you're like, oh, I can tell. No, what you can tell is nothing, nothing. I used to think I was pretty discerning of people until I became your pastor. And then I realized I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. Like I've married some of you. Oh yeah, you're gonna be together forever. You made it two weeks. And then there's other couples. I'm like, yeah, I don't know that you guys should do this. And you're like leading in our marriage ministry now. <laughs> it's amazing. One of the things I've learned is I don't know. And you know why I don't know? Because people don't really reveal their cards. They don't really tell you the truth. No, pastor, I'm dating my husband and we met on the internet. There's a questionnaire. Oh, that helps. They said to him, we are from a very distant country. A very distant country. I mean, every time, right, I'm telling you the truth. I promise you, whenever somebody's using a whole long list of adjectives to describe how honest they are, like the way I know when somebody's lives is when they swear in their mother's grave. Why would you do that? You know that Jesus said that you're not supposed to swear on things? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And do you know why people have to swear on things? Because their yes is worth nothing and their no is worth nothing. So we're gonna bring mom and grandma 
We're gonna bring all of them into it. And you know what grandma's saying? Don't trust him. Don't trust him. That's what grandma's saying. He's a liar. They said to him, from a very distant country, your servants have come because of the name of the Lord, your God. And here's the thing, that's partially true. And those are the hardest lies to figure out is the ones that are soaked in a little truth. For we have heard a report of him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and the king of Heshbon and to Og, the king of Bashan, who lived in Astoreth. Learn to ask tough questions. Learn to ask tough questions. So listen to me, if you're liberal and Joe Biden is the president, here's the two questions we need to repeatedly ask him. And it looks like he's gonna be the president, okay? And I know some of you Republicans, you're on the internet and you have different information. Well, I'm just saying, it looks like he's the president-elect. So here's my number one question. And none of this was ever pressed upon him or any of the people in his party. Listen to me. If air quality and global warming are existential threats. Now, let me tell you what existential means. It means you're gonna to die tomorrow. Okay, that's what it means, existential threat. If air quality and global warming are existential threats, why aren't we building nuclear power plants? Do you know what nuclear power plants do? They emit no CO gas, zero. It's the cleanest energy on the earth. Why aren't we producing that? Why aren't we doing that? And number two, where are we gonna put all of these solar panels in 30 years when they don't work? Nobody ever asks us questions. What are we gonna do with all this junk, all this crap, all this plastic, all this stuff? And I know some of you sell solar panels. You're like, I'm going to another church now. I'm just asking a question. Where are we gonna put all this stuff? We've got to learn to ask tough questions. We gotta know if the Green Deal is a good deal or a crappy deal. We gotta know. And we can't just be partisan hacks who don't ask questions. And you know why those questions don't get asked? Because those get, people get moved to the back. They get moved to the back. Right? Our governor in California, God bless him. Let's pray for him. He wants all of us to drive electric vehicles. I wanna know how much stock he owns in Tesla. That's what I wanna know. And I wanna know why nobody's asking that question. I mean, just because you're a Democrat doesn't mean your politicians are angels. I know Trump ain't an angel. But we act like our side are angels. Here's what we know from out history. Politicians lie to us and ultimately make decisions for what's best for them. What's best for them? We have congressmen and congresswomen who represent some of the most economically depressed areas in our country and they're millionaires. Explain that to me. Explain that to me. What that tells me is poor people are getting sold out. That's what that tells me. We gotta learn to ask the tough questions. I pointed out one of our local congressmen who literally runs and it says teacher for Congress. I know he hasn't been a teacher for 30 years. I worked at McDonald's 30 years ago. I'm not gonna run on that. <laughs> a burger flipper for you. Right? I mean, isn't that crazy? I mean, I took a math class 30 years ago. I'm not a mathematician running for Congress. It's crazy. Ask tough questions. When was the last time you were in the classroom? Because I think things have changed in 30 years, don't you? 
how to keep politicians, how to keep from being fooled by politicians. Let me just, oh man, this is going to be so controversial. Let's all just wait. Let's just, let's just brace ourselves. <laughs> Never rush your decision. And let me just tell you, so many of you have been pressured, right? Every time you're on Instagram, did you vote? You're on Facebook, did you vote? Are you registered to vote? Did you 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 vote? Like we act like voting is going to change things. What if everybody that's voting is a moron? I just want you to walk to the mall and find people that you want to determine your future. Yep, him, nope, nope, nope. That's scary. Everybody's rushed to vote. We've had more votes than any other election in our history. Are we any better off? Proverbs 28, 25, to make rash, hasty decisions shows that you are not trusting the Lord. But when you rely totally on God, you will still act carefully and prudently. Here's my controversial statement. It's better not to vote than to rush your vote. And here's why. Your vote is not just for someone, it's also against someone. Most of these elections are binary elections. And listen to me, your vote isn't a vote, it's actually two votes. And you gotta be careful. Do you know between the first debate and the second debate, one of the number one searches on Google was, can I change my vote? One of the number one Google searches. And you know why that is? People voted too soon. People voted without thinking, without listening, without watching, without caring. It's incredible. And just so you know, this happens every election since we've had Google. People rush into decisions and we vote too quickly because we're pressured. And I mean, my gosh, didn't you feel guilty every time I looked at Instagram? Did you vote? Oh, not yet. Oh, I need to. And then when I actually sat down to vote in California, we have these things called propositions. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be propositioned. That sounds like a sin, right? It just feels, feels wrong. Anybody read the for and against and you're totally confused? I don't know what to do. It's scary, right? And so they're rushing you, rushing you, rushing you. Listen to me, whenever you're gonna buy a car and the salesman or woman is rushing you, walk out, walk out. When you're thinking about buying a house or restructuring a loan, any pressure, anybody that's ever rushing you to make a decision is not rushing you to make the right decision. Ever, ever. You know what a good salesman does? Take your time, think about it. I'm here when you're ready to make a decision. Those are the salespeople I like to work with because they wanna help me make my decision. Politicians want to rush you to make a decision so they can move on to their next victim. I mean, voter. Joshua 9, 11, 13. So our elders and all the inhabitants of our country said this to us. Take provisions in your hand for the journey and go and meet them and say to them, we are your servants. Come now and make a covenant with us. Come now. See those words? Come now. Listen, we've, we've marched all this way. We're your friends. We're your buddies. You need to trust us. Look at this. Here is our bread. Politicians want you to make a decision based upon what they show you not what the facts really are. Here's our bread. Here's what you need to know. It was still warm when we took it from our houses. How can you prove that? How can you prove that? As the food for our journey on the day we set out, but now behold, it's dry and crumbly. The evidence for the distance that they live is rotten food. 
These wineskins were new when we filled them and behold, they've burst. And these garments and our sandals are worn out from the very long journey. Lie, 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 lie. If we want our politics to change, if we want politicians to change, we have to hold them all accountable for what they say and what they do, left or right. We can't let one side get away with lying because, well, they're the lesser of two evil. You know what the lesser of two evils is? It's still evil. It's still evil. I don't know how we all sleep at night. I don't know how we feel better. Oh, I voted for the lesser of two evils. You know, it was Hitler or Stalin. So I went with Stalin. Okay, that doesn't help me at all. It doesn't help me. We need actual politicians and actual people that we can push forward, that we can take pride in. Even if we don't agree with their policies, we can say this is a person who has, has values and is someone that I can trust their word. That's what we need as a country. Otherwise we're in trouble. One of the things I try to do as your pastor is I try to tell you the truth. And that's not always easy. It's a lot easier to spend things than it is just to say, look, here's where we are. Here's what's happening. And I've learned over time, that's the best way to do it. And here's the thing is, a lot of politicians don't wanna be honest with you because they know that you're gonna lose, they know they're gonna lose your vote. Look, I, sometimes I lose people's votes. I just don't wanna lose God's vote. I don't wanna lose God's vote. Because if I lose your vote, I lose a member. If I lose God's vote, I lose my soul. And we have to really, really look at that and say, who, what kind of, of person am I gonna elect? What kind of person am I gonna follow? So how to keep from being fooled by politicians. This is huge. Ask God for wisdom before you decide. Don't let your friends rush you. Don't let social media rush you, right? Did you vote? Did you vote? Do you have a little sticker that says, I'm a good American. I have a sticker. Where's my sticker? Oh my God, I don't have my sticker. Wouldn't that be great if we, we had, I went to church stickers? Yeah. Nobody, nobody be wearing them, right? Nobody be wearing them. I voted eight times. I haven't been to church in a year. People always ask me, pastor, when are you going to open the church? I said, uh, four months ago. My favorite one is, when did you cut your hair? I liked it better long. I was, ah, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. We miss you. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Just because their mouth is moving doesn't mean truth is coming out. So the men took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel from the Lord. You voted. Let me just ask you. Did you pray before you vote? Did you? Many of you didn't. You didn't say, God, I'm not sure. God, I don't know what to do. Do you know, many of you young people, that's the most important decision you've made up to this point in life? Did you pray about it? Did you say, God, who do you want to lead? The United States of America, the most powerful country on earth. You're like, no, I'm gonna go with my gut on this one. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live and the leaders of the congregation swore to them. You know how Americans choose a president? I actually did the research this week and there's all kinds of statistics from universities that go and ask people why they vote, how they vote, what motivates them to vote. And I'm gonna run through a couple of the top things that Americans have said. This is how I choose a president. Number one, the number one reason people choose a president, this should terrify you 
is the candidate's perceived personality. Oh, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Some of you didn't vote for Trump. God, I can't stand that guy. Well, how many conversations have you had with him? None. What happened to judge not lest you be judged? Oh, that doesn't count when it comes to presidents. That guy's a, you know, whatever. It's amazing. You want to know what I think of Trump? I don't know him. I don't know him. What I know is what the media has presented to me. That's what I know. That's what I know about Biden. That's what I know about most of these people. And so the number one thing we choose a president based on is a total lie. Because you don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know either of them. I don't know them. Number two, party identification. You know what this means? You're like a Lakers fan and you don't care. You're voting for the Lakers every year. And I just want them to win a championship. I don't care if they all go to prison, if they're all terrible human beings. I'm a Lakers fan, purple and gold to the very end. Do you know that? 45% of the country on each side, it does not matter who's running, they vote party. Can you believe that? So what that means, if Adolf Hitler was a Democrat, 45% of you would vote for him. I like that mustache. <laughs> right? And if Mao, right, the dictator of China was running on the Republican Party, you'd be like, I'm gonna give this guy a chance. That suit's kind of cool. What you do is you completely gloss over the inequalities of the person you're supporting because you believe the other side is evil. You know what I've learned? Neither side knows anything about the other side. They just don't. They just don't. People unfollow Democrats because they're Republican. Democrats unfollow people because, you know, they're this or that. Family members are splitting. People won't get together. It's not COVID, it's political partisan. Next, friends and close relationships. You wanna know why Trafalgar polling is so much more accurate than every other polls. Trafalgar does not ask you who you're voting for. They ask who are your friends and family voting for. And that's why they're one of the few polling agencies that predicted how close this election would be. You know why people lie? You're gonna vote for Trump? No, I don't know anybody who's gonna vote for Trump. Nope. Isn't that crazy? I, you know, you might, may not know anybody that voted for Trump, but almost 73 million people voted for Trump. That's 4 million more than Obama. And I never thought we'd see somebody get the amount of votes Obama got. So a lot of you are making your decision based upon what you're hearing at coffee, about what you're hearing, you know, that's been repeated, maybe in your small group, your social network group, maybe your friends at work. You've never actually asked yourself any questions on the issues. You just listen to what your friends say. Isn't that scary? Nobody's actually talking about things. My wife and I are married. We don't always agree politically. You know, she comes around, but it's a lot of work, you know? I mean, <laughs> just saying. My wife and I see things differently and we have to actually talk about issues. Look, if you don't have any friends where you can actually talk about political issues, you don't have any friends. You don't have any friends. Some of you don't have friends. You're in a cult. And you need to get out and get, 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 get with people. The Bible says, ask questions. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me again? Again, do you love me? He repeatedly asked questions and we got to do this. This last one scared me. One of the number one indicators of who a person votes for is their internal happiness. So listen to this. If you're happy, you vote for the incumbent. 
If you're not happy, you don't. Has nothing to do with policy, has nothing to do with party, has nothing to do with their personality. It has solely based upon how you feel inside. Isn't that crazy? That's been a crappy year, 2020, out with Trump. Isn't that amazing? It's one of the reasons I think in the future we may not see two-term presidents ever again because America's really unhappy. And then the last, this is sad, the last one is the performance of the candidate. How did they do? That's the last thing we think about. Isn't that crazy? Yay, America, the beacon of the world. The last thing we care about is actual performance. That's sad, isn't it? That's us. That's our democratic process. Man, people have always been like this. You know, there was this little political election 2000 years ago in a backwoods town in the Roman empire called Jerusalem. Most people in Rome had never heard of it, but there was a little election there between a guy named Barabbas and a guy named Jesus. And everybody voted to free Barabbas because he was a nice guy. He had only murdered a couple of people. There was Jesus who had the audacity of healing the sick, you know, feeding the hungry, ministering to women, caring for the poor. You know, we got to get rid of this guy. And so they crucified him. You want to know why? Because when they looked at who to vote for, they looked at all the wrong things. And in Luke 23, 34, listen to these words. After the people of God voted to crucify the son of God. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. You know why? They never thought about it. Nobody actually had a discussion. You know, what has Jesus done? What has he done that's so offensive? What has he done that's so egregious? What has Barabbas done that is worthy of setting him free? We know Barabbas is a murderer. Who did Jesus kill? No one. He brought people back from the dead. That's got to stop. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And oh, by the way, the soldiers that crucified him gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Which literally brings me to my last point. And I want you to think about this. You want to keep from being fooled by politicians? You need to investigate how your vote affects other people. Jesus Christ is being crucified. All the soldiers care about is gambling for his expensive robe that was now at his feet. All the soldiers cared about, listen to me, was what was in it for them. You wanna know why America's broken? Because we all vote for ourselves. And if we wanna save this country, we have to actually start voting for what's best for all of us. I know many of you young people, you have a lot of college debt and I'm sorry. And I hope that our government can do something to help you. But I want you to know as your pastor, my wife and I took 10 years to pay off our college debt. It was the most difficult thing we had to do as a young couple. I was paying off my college debt while I was planting your church. I was paying off my college debt while I was getting my master's degree in theology so I could become your pastor. I was paying off college debt instead of taking vacations. Instead of going to Vegas, we were paying off our college debt. And many of you, you want a politician that will cancel your debt. Listen to me. We need to stop calling it canceling debt. We need to start calling it what it is. It's the transferring of debt. That's what it is. If they take the debt away from you, they give it to me. And I didn't get to pick your degree. 
I didn't get to pick your college. I didn't have any decision-making power whatsoever in what you chose to do with your young life. And I'm sorry for all of your debt. I think it's criminal. But listen to me, if you vote for a candidate that cancels your debt, then it's added to mine. We have to think about that. Not every decision that's good for you is good for the country. We have to work together. How can we help young people overcome debt without saddling other Americans with your debt? And those are the conversations we need to have. We constantly get in these binary arguments. Healthcare is a human right and it should be free. Well, I need you to know that it would be cheaper for us to buy you all a brand new Mercedes Benz than it would be for us to give you healthcare because it's expensive. And so we need to not just be in this binary argument that says, look, I, I, I want people to be cared for, but I wanna figure out a process that's not an argument between what we have now and we say, how can we care for more people at a lower cost? And we have to be able to say, look, I may need healthcare, but I can't ask everyone in this country to pay for the things that I don't pay for. We have to figure that out. You need to know that. And let me tell you something. One of the reasons you're a young person and you have all this debt is because the generation before you didn't do what I'm asking you to do. They gave you all this debt and all these problems because they voted in the moment and they voted for themselves and they screwed up your life. So why would you do that to the next generation and the generation after that? We need to come together and figure this out. My vote isn't just for me. My vote affects you. You might be watching this and I'll never meet you. But when I went into that voting booth, listen to me, I voted in such a way that affects your future. And you voted in such a way that affects my future. And we need to remember that when we go in the voting booth. It's not just about me. There's 340 million people that live in this country. And oh, by the way, there's 8 billion people that live in the world. And if America tanks, the world tanks. And we need to remember that. Joshua 9:16. at the end of three days, after they had made a covenant with them, they heard that they were their neighbors and that they lived among them. Oh, right. After the election, you're like, oh, that, well, I didn't see that coming. They got, they got clarity post-election, Amen. And a lot of us get that when facts come out or, or stories come out that maybe we wanted to know before. And the people of Israel set out and reached their cities on the third day. And now their cities were Gibeon, Sepharoth, Beroth, and Kirath-Jerim. But the people of Israel did not attack them because their leaders of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. And then all of the congregation murmured against the leaders. The people got screwed over because of bad decisions by Joshua and the leaders. This is why elections matter. Our leaders will make trade deals with other countries that will either benefit you or harm you. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that there's a lot at stake. Like you might be fine, I might be fine. But we got a lot of people in our church in San Bernardino that might not be fine. We got people in Marina Valley that might not be fine. We got single moms that might not be fine. And that's why we got to make the best decision we possibly can. And we got to bring God into the process. Joshua kicked God out of the process and he made a bad deal. He made a bad deal. But he said to the congregation, we have sworn to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, and now we can't touch them. You know what Joshua is saying, unfortunately? Our vote mattered. And now we have to live with the decisions, the consequences, the realities of our vote. And here's the truth. It looks like Biden's gonna be our president. 
or it could be Donald Trump for a second term. Either way, we have to live with the consequences of our decisions. And so many of you didn't ask God, you didn't trust God, you didn't ask tough questions, you just went with your group of friends. You just went, well, I'm a good judge of character like Joshua, and you got fooled. And you gotta take a step back, and you gotta say, I gotta get better at this, and I gotta take this more seriously. One of the weapons I think our politicians have against all of us, it's our collective ignorance on the real issues. We're intentionally duped. We're intentionally misled on the left and on the right, and we don't have the facts. And we need to get those facts. The Bible says get the facts at any price before you make a decision. And that's what I would encourage you to do. And some of you are like, oh, great. Now I got to move to another country. No, that's not what you need to do. What you need to do is you need to once again place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ who said, you trust in God, now trust also in me. No matter who our president is, Jesus Christ is still our savior and he will still guide his people. So I don't know how you voted in the booth, mail-in, or however you did it. But that vote affects our future here on earth. Your vote for Jesus affects your future forever in heaven. Have you voted for Jesus? Have you looked at the issues? You're a sinner, separated by God. Have you repented of your sins and given your life to Jesus Christ? Look, when you cast your vote on earth for God in heaven, there's no controversy, there's no questions, there's no retaliating the second you raise your hand, your name is written in the book of life. And it will never be blotted out if you've voted for God. So take this as an opportunity to vote in the one God who never changes, in the one God who never breaks his oath, in the one God who never lies, in the one God who sent his son to die for you on the cross. We need to turn once again, church, back to God. Learn from Joshua's mistakes and invite God into every decision of your life because he will bless you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that you would bless us with wisdom, direction, and faith. God, regardless of how the uh, election outcome goes, we know, God, that we are your people and you are our God and we are safe in you and we can trust you. God, help us not to be fooled by politicians, but help us always to trust in you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Are you in a place where you can ask questions and have healthy, tough conversations with others? Will that community of people move you toward the things of God? As Pastor Matt challenged us to have a safe place with real friends and community to process through political issues, we have a chance to evaluate if that's really something we have right now. The truth is that community is essential for all of us. If you're hearing this right now and you don't have community, we wanna help you find it. Go to sandalschurch.com next and join a group. There you can start having the good, real, and necessary conversations that help us become the people God created us to be. And not only is community key to having a place to ask the hard questions, it's also the best way to experience our services. That's one reason why we also launched Sandals Church Anywhere. I'm so excited to share with you today that we actually have two new Sandals Church Anywhere locations launching today in Baton Rouge, Louisiana and in Melbourne, Australia. Isn't that so incredible that we have Sandals Church Anywhere gatherings happening internationally? 
We're, we're able to equip people to host experiences like Sandals Church Anywhere because of those of you who are giving to Sandals Church. If you're not currently giving, I'd love to invite you to consider doing that today and become a bigger part of what God is doing here at Sandals Church. You can give anytime at give.sc or on the Sandals Church app. However you choose to give, thank you for partnering with us and helping people find and create a place to be real. And if you're interested in hosting a Sandals Church Anywhere experience in your area, head to sandalschurch.com anywhere and we will connect with you. We're going to spend some time singing again and I hope that we lean into this time and allow the words we sing to point us in the direction that God is desiring us to go. Though we have to question our earthly leaders, we do not have to question our God. He has always been faithful and he will continue to be. Sing this with me. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus, man. my anchor to the ground, my hope and
Father, we thank you that you're a faithful, faithful Father. That you promise to renew our strength as we wait upon you. Even right here in this moment, Father, would you flood each room, each home with your presence and your peace. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Amen, church. Hey, we're going to learn a new song. This is a Sandals original song. It's called Heaven is Here. And what's so cool is when we worship, heaven invades the earth. And that's what this song is about. We hope you enjoy it. Come on.
Sandals Church, we love you. I hope that we get to engage in community this week and enter into tough conversations with godly wisdom and prayer. We also want you to know that we have youth content on our Sandals Church Youth YouTube page where your team can grow in their faith during the week. Check that page out at youtube.com slash sandalschurchyouth. Hey, have a great week, Sandals Church. We will see you right back here next week.